What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Deep Two, a basketball podcast where we bring you the latest in the NBA, as well as sprinkle in some of our own mild to spicy takes here and there. Today is Tuesday, January 24th, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Ryan Stanley. Ryan, Yo. how are you this afternoon? I'm doing wonderful, Kiefer. How are you doing? I'm good, man. You know, it's, we're halfway, and actually a little bit more than halfway through the first month of 2023, and it's been good. I've been getting to bed a little bit earlier this year, and mm. you know, that, that's that's been one of my big uh, my big resolutions is to just sleep a little bit more and not like at 4 p.m. like I do, um, you know, my my daily two hour naps. So. I was going to say, been, for, for good... normal people, that's like an admirable goal. But for you, that's like <laughs> an essential goal. Yep. <laughs> we we I, want you I, to remain I'm, with us a little longer. <laughs> I'm not functioning well um, with my three or four hours of sleep every night. But um, I'm, do, I'm doing a little bit better this year. So um, we are officially in the dog days of the NBA season. Um, not a ton of attention on the NBA right now because the NFL playoffs are going on. Um, and we're not a football podcast, but we do want everyone to know that we like football. And I'm sure some of you guys listening like football, too. So, Rye, just real quick, who's your uh, Super Bowl matchup and champion prediction? Uh, my Super Bowl matchup, well, for, it's out of left field. My New England Patriots are going to be readmitted into the playoffs. <laughs> and <laughs> No, um, I, I really like both the Eagles and Niners, and it makes me sad that one of them can't make it. Um, I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna have to go with the Eagles. I just don't trust Brock Purdy against uh, mm. against that defense next week. And then um, I have the AFC. I can't pull for the Chiefs, so I'm gonna have to say the Bengals. And the Bengals are just like the coolest team, anyways. Oh yeah, yeah. I I haven't watched I haven't watched the NFL really this whole season until the playoffs. I just kind of wasn't really tuned in. Um, but I was naturally you know I naturally like Joe Burrow because what's not to like about him so um, I'm really really hoping that that he can pull it off and I, and I was I saw this tweet today talking about how so many people like obviously don't like the Chiefs and um, don't really like Patrick Mahomes and I don't really know why it is that I'm on that bandwagon as well like not really liking Pat Mahomes or the Chiefs at all um, but it's just fun to root against them so I'm rooting against them um, and I'm kind of the same way, you know, Eagles, Niners, I'm not, there's, I have no dog in that fight, but, um, I do, I do like, I've liked, you know, seeing all the highlights of, of Jalen Hurts and I'm um, seeing all that go down. So, uh, I'm with you, but, uh, hoping, hoping Joey B pulls through and, and, you know, he can, uh, get his ring this early oh, yeah. in his career. I think that'd be super cool. So jumping back into the NBA, uh, we're nearing the trade deadline and all-star weekend. So, We've been able to see all of the teams in all different forms. Um, but what I've loved about this season is really how unpredictable things are. Um, it's a close race for those bottom playoff spots and um, the play-in spots as well in both conferences, but especially the West. Um, but any any recent recaps you want to touch on, Ryan? I, I was looking over my list, and it was like literally all trades. Like everything I wrote mm -hmm. down was either trades that have happened or are rumored to happen. But that is kind of the most interesting stuff that's gone on for the most part. I, I mean, mm. uh, I think we are in for a fun trade deadline this year. Some of them are duds. Some of them are super exciting. <laughs> but, like, the other day, I mean, we got basically our first trade of, of this season. 
um, where Rui Hachimura was traded from the Wizards to the Lakers. But what I love about that is that two hours before that, there's a Woj tweet that was like, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks' sole target this uh, NBA trade deadline is Rui Hachimura. And then the Lakers just swoop in and get him. So (laughs) that's the kind of trade deadline we're in for. Like, I love that kind of stuff where, like, the random team just jumps in. Um, unless it's Donovan Mitchell, then I hate that. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so that, that's going on. Um, I just saw a tweet from Shams a second ago that said the, the Clippers, uh, priority are their, their priorities are Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, which my immediate first Mm. thought was, uh, (laughs) they didn't say that they're probably, they didn't say their priority was uh, a point guard. They said the two Raptors point guards who played with Kawhi previously. (laughs) They're just like, let's just run it back. (laughs) So Where's Marcus Gasol at? Let's call him up. <laughs> Marcus Gasol's probably just hanging out. <laughs> oh, Serge Ibaka's amazing. on the block. The the Bucks are yeah, there. You go. Him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, other than that, uh, I saw one thing that said that the Suns might be looking to unload and build towards their future. So that's something interesting to watch. Another season hasn't been going super well. Um, despite a great game from Chris Paul the other day, I love like I love the vintage games from like guys who you kind of think are a little done, but then it's like, hey, we get one more like good game. Just remembering yep. the times. Um, other than that, you know, for those of you who have been wondering for the last couple of weeks how the New York Knicks are doing, I'll tell you how they're doing. <laughs> the um, the the Knicks core three are all playing great. I fully expect Brunson and Randall to both be all stars this season. Um, RJ has turned it around. He is balling out. And other than that, well, and Emmanuel quickly playing some lockdown defense. Everybody has been trying to trade for him, and I hope the Knicks hold on. But other than like those four players, uh, which is almost all of the players that we have in our rotation, uh, they only play seven. So uh, <laughs> other than those guys, it's it's been uh, pretty pretty bad. You know, like the Knicks starting lineup is basically the top five in minutes played this season, which is normal for Tibbs defense, but. Um. Yeah, it's it's getting tough to watch. Mm. Man, well, you do have the bright spot of of having two all stars on your team for when's when was the last time that happened for New York? You know, probably like the mellow years with. Uh, I was gonna say the Amari, only maybe? chance would be the only chance like in the last ten years would be if Amari made an all star game, and I'm not yeah. sure he did. I know post mellow, I mean we only had like two all stars, so yeah. Yeah, a couple things I wanted to touch on. Um, I'm I'm gonna get back to the to the Rui Hachimura pick or uh, trade, but um, I got to watch, um, not not live, but in, on TV last night. I watched my Chicago Bulls uh, take down Trey Young and the Hawks in uh, Demar Derozan's a thousandth game. So that was a that was a fun one, and it's always Holy fun cow. to see. Yeah, so it's always fun to see the Hawks um, the Hawks lose. So um, even better whenever my team who has been pretty. Uh, pretty below average for the most for the most part of the season um, actually look like a pretty solid team I think we had seven guys who scored in double digits um, and so it was a really really good team ball I was watching Alex Crusoe guard Trey Young last night and I got so sad thinking that there's a good chance that Alex Crusoe won't be on my team in a couple weeks Um, but who knows maybe they'll maybe they'll be like no let's continue to fight through it and uh, try to actually make the playoffs. Um, but it was sad just to think of the, the potential because Alex Crusoe is, you know, I know everyone talks about him and he's just like a, you know, cult favorite, but he really is when you watch him defend and um, just do what he does. He's just one of those guys that 
does everything that you want in a in a role player. And so I love watching him. Um, back to the to the Rui trade. Um, you know, obviously, I, I think I think it was a it was a good it was a good move by LA. Um, I don't think it moves the needle for them. Um, I don't think it. You know, there's there's all these. I don't know. I think most of these are being facetious and uh, being like funny. But there's a ton of like tweets about like, does this make the Lakers a real championship contender? And I'm like, absolutely not. It doesn't. But they only gave up Kendrick Nunn, who really has been a non-factor on this team, and then I think three second-rounders. So they end up coming away with a pretty decent player without losing too many significant assets. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to ask you about the other side of this whole thing with Washington um, and what they've got going on. It, it just is a pretty – it seems like a pretty miserable place to play basketball. Um, what are your thoughts on their whole plan or lack thereof? Yeah, I mean, Kyle Kuzma's like actively trying to get off of the team. And it's kind of ironic that they traded uh, the other guy to the Lakers and not Kyle Kuzma. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you have that going on. Um, you know, we've been spe- people have been speculating for years that Bradley Beal's like on the verge of asking for a trade. Uh, they've started benching some of their starter play- starting players with some kind of dubious injuries lately. So I think that they might be shifting into like a tanking mode or, you know, they they definitely don't want to end up in that like play in game where they just lose and then they get stuck with like the 14th pick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it does seem like a pretty miserable, you know, place to, to be. I don't, I don't think they really have much of a direction right now. Um, it's really hard to build around Brad Bill with that contract. Um, but I do like I do like Rui Hachimura on the Lakers because he's like a pure, you know, scoring kind of stretch for um i think that he when ad is healthy he can supplement those minutes you can kind of stagger lebron and ad if you have him on the team um i think if he's like your third fourth option you know he can get a bucket so this is an interesting trade i i don't think that you know it's going to move the needle a lot but i do think he'll be a better player on the lakers than we've seen him the last couple years and i saw this koc tweet earlier that was like uh you know, how crazy is it, like, how fast guys uh, value depreciates in the league? Because, like, Rui Hachimura was, like, a top, I don't know, like, t- I know he's a top 10 pick. Yeah, I think he's nine. Yeah, something like that. Like, just a couple years ago, and now he's being traded for, basically, Kendrick Nunn is just being used for his salary so that the trade can go through, and just some second-round picks, which is basically nothing in the NBA, unless you get, like, Nikola Jokic. <laughs> right. Yeah, and... Um, I think I think KOC tweeted about this too, but I didn't even realize until I looked it up today. But the last game that Hachimura played for the Wizards, he dropped thirty on whoever they mm-hmm. were playing. So you know he, he's he's a bucket. You know he can get he can get his shots up, and um, I think it'll be a better, definitely a better fit, like you said, for the Lakers than um, you know Kendrick Nunn or any of the other pieces that they have right now. So um, you know there's there's a little bit of hope there for the Lakers. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Moving on from that, I'm sure everyone listening has heard and seen about this uh, by now. But last week, we had a fun little interaction between uh, Shannon Sharp, NFL legend, talk show host, um, <laughs> Shannon, and basically the entire Grizzlies team, plus John Morant's dad, T. Um, it started because <laughs> Dylan Brooks was talking trash to LeBron during the lakers Grizzly game. And I guess Shannon wasn't having it. You know, he's a, he's a LeBron guy. Um, you know, there's lots of you know, the, the, the infamous selfie between the, them two. He's just, you know, a, a big LeBron guy. So he wasn't having it. He stood up, started barking at 
uh, Dylan Brooks, Stephen Adams comes down and he lets his majestic flow just, you know, he lets it free. T. Morant comes up and joins the escalation of everything. The rest of the Grizzly team, Grizzlies team starts coming towards Shannon. And then it ends with Dylan Brooks in the postgame interview calling Shannon Sharp a blogger and a pedestrian, I think is what he said. And he also said that LeBron can't go to his left when guarded by him. So, um, that thus goes the saga between uh, <laughs> Shannon Sharp and the Grizzlies. Shannon did uh, ap- apologize uh, a couple, I think it was like yesterday or the day before. Um, he apologized to the Grizzlies on air and to the public in general for you know his behavior and whatnot. Um, and then he also posted this tweet, which is my favorite tweet, you know, in the past six months or so of where he got the cardigan that he was wearing because there's like this really tough picture of him like looking back and I'm sure everyone has seen it by now but he posted like the link to or like the the designer who made that cardigan so uh, just just a really funny uh really funny NBA moment (laughs) that we could all share but I have a question you know I have a question with all this Ryan um okay have the Grizzlies gotten cornier cornier since our episode where we said we weren't going to choose them for our corniest teams in the league they have definitely gotten cornier because the spotlight has been on them and when the spotlight became pointed at them they just they just corned up and yeah that happens to some people (laughs) your true self comes out that way (laughs) you corn up uh, i love it (laughs) and they they corn up probably more than most people but dude like they're they're truly the kind of villains that the league needs right now. Like they're so, like they're so good, but they're not really likable at all. I mean, like Jaws the most likable of them, and he's yeah. kind of just he's still really annoying. Like yeah, I scrolled yeah. through his Twitter, like his account the other day, just because, like, I mean, I scrolled through it like a few hours ago actually, um, just because I don't follow him, and sometimes I just you know like to know what people are saying, and I I got a few tweets down as like. I I would not really want to talk to this guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh that kind of goes for any of them that aren't Steven Adams, which uh dude, what an what an unfortunate showdown between Steven Adams, the ultimate nice guy, just yeah. lock, locks flowing. I mean, <laughs> that was the first thing I noticed about that video when I saw it on Twitter was like when he comes running his hair's just like bouncing. Oh yeah. I'm sitting there I'm like, "Good god." <laughs> um Right. <laughs> It's just he's just doing it, and then Shannon Sharp's up there in that cardigan, and I was like, "This is ah, there's no bad guy here." <laughs> so, except Dylan Brooks, he's the bad guy. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. I, I still like the Grizzlies, and I like you said, I'm, I'm I think that they're good for the for the league. They just bring a lot of, of excitement, and their 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 cockiness is fun. Um, but I don't particularly like Dylan Brooks. Um, he's got a little bit of like Patrick Beverly in him, except I think Brooks actually does contribute to to the team success. Um, but he's just this you know annoying, overly confident guy who's he's probably like the seventh or eighth best player. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's too you know that's too mean. But um, he's not not one of the best players on the team. Um, he had a quote yesterday, and this is just. It's just funny to read, but he was talking about where how the refs give him these bullcrap calls and that he can't play the way he wants to. And he kept saying, like, I don't like it. I don't like it. Like, bro, like, are you eight years old? You know, the way that he was talking about it. But um, so I think if the Grizzlies are corny at all, it all has to do with Dylan Brooks. Everyone else is just that fun, young, you know, overly confident, but also they are really good. So there's some merit to it. Um yeah, John Morant. When I read his tweets or see his posts and whatever, I'm like, I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm, which I pretty much am. I'm reading like a 
basically a 20 to 22 year olds, you know, mm-hmm. Instagram or Twitter. Um, but then I have to remember like, oh, this guy is like a professional basketball player who also has a child. And I, then that kind of makes things a little bit different. Like I, I kind of view it differently. Like this man has a whole child and he's tweeting, you know, these really <laughs> like <laughs> these really petty things. But you know what? Such is fame and such is celebrity. So um, speaking of, this is a little bit off topic, but I, I obviously, you know, follow lots of NBA players and I follow obviously LeBron James. And I was looking through LeBron's tweets the other day and I was just thinking LeBron is in, in every single way when it comes to being relevant with like current pop culture, he's just so he's like so close to being in tune with everything, but he's just not quite there yet. So everything that he says or does is super corny, but not in a way that's like, Oh, that's annoyingly corny. It's more like, wow, LeBron, we can tell that you're 10 to 15 years older than all of these guys that you're playing against. But I just think that's funny how LeBron tweets and posts his Instagram, you know, to his Instagram uh, stories and whatnot. He just he just doesn't seem very in tune with with current pop culture. Dude, as somebody who spends like all of their time with people who are like between 18 and 22, I will say like. LeBron is also spending most of his time with people who are like in their twenties. That's true. It's like, you're always around like what is cool, but it's not like part of you in the same way that it is (laughs) to someone who is like going through that, that cultural moment. Like there's so much stuff that like people say and do. It's like, like, I just think to myself, like I I can hear myself saying some stuff that like some of the phrases and stuff that like my students will use or whatever. And it's just like, if I said this, it would sound jarring. <laughs> it would be weird. Right. It's like I got to draw a line here. Like I can, I can do some stuff. You know, I can, I you know, yeah. I can do. I can stay in my lane. There's a sweet spot here where like I'm not khakis and dress shirt cornball guy, <laughs> and and I'm not LeBron. But there's a sweet yeah. spot. And just just like going left on Dylan Brooks, LeBron just does not have that. Yeah, I think that was a, one of the most humbling moments for me just in in the past couple of years is because I'm, I'm 26 now and I'm turning 27 this year. So just the realization that I am no longer um, I'm no longer in that age bracket where, you know, in social media, when you have the new slang and stuff like that, it's not cool if I say it anymore. I felt that last night, you know, I, I my uh, my sister and a couple, a couple of her friends visited and she's in college and obviously they're all in college. And I was kind of like, standing around talking to them and I was like wow like I'm I'm, I don't really know like what to say to be cool in this moment so I was like you know what I just need to own up to being you know a a, an aging you know not young adult anymore I'm I'm basically just an adult Um, and it's very humbling but you know I think it's I think it's for the best to realize that before it gets too late and you're the guy who is like you know hanging out on college campuses and not employed um, you know, that, that's, yeah. that's a whole different thing. Yeah. <laughs> hanging out, hanging out just because, <laughs> hanging out just because he wants to hang out. <laughs> Is that Kiefer in the calf? <laughs> yeah. No, I spend I mean, $8 to eat at, you know, crappy college campuses to hang out with, <laughs> with people. So. Um, I mean, it is, it's almost like a status simple thing. I love that this is what we're spending so much time on. Um, <laughs> but it is almost like a status symbol thing where it's like, you know, you dress a certain way, wear certain kind of shoes, like, like when you were that age, like you did a certain kind of thing just to kind of project that like, Hey, I'm part of this. Like I get Mm -hmm. like, you know, I get what the moment is and I'm like a part of that. 
but now it's like when you reach this certain point and i really do think it happens i like you know the losing side of 25 uh shout out american aquarium mm-hmm. but it's like you you kind of reach this point where it's like you know what what people want from me as far as like projecting my status is maybe less uh me trying to work the word goaded into sentences and more <laughs> of <laughs> and more of like uh <laughs> more of like you know you being like the guy who can kind of give advice to where they're at in this in yeah, like that point yeah. of life and you can kind of like work in some like TikTok references to show that you're like part of that. There's, there, oh, there's yeah, like a middle, yeah. like I said, there's a middle ground, and like finding <laughs> that is uh, it's uncomfortable. But you know what? LeBron is like ten years older than me, and he still hasn't found it. So, whatever. <laughs> oh man. Um, last thing I'll say about that, I uh, I think I was doing a really good job up until around 2020, whenever uh, COVID hit, and um, we we spent a lot of time on Warzone. And we played with your brother-in-law, who is now like probably 20, but he was, you know, 17, 18 at the time. And I felt like I was 18 again, just hanging out with him over Warzone and, and you know, all these little things that he would say. So shout out, shout, shout out Jacob for that, um, for shout kind out. of set, sending me backwards on a, um, a lot of my, my maturity and growth. But anyway, <laughs> you know, that was just a little extra for you guys, just a little of life insight from a couple of uh, close to 30-year-olds um so oh god <laughs> hope, hope you enjoy that <laughs> all right so um moving into the the main part of our discussion today we're like i said we're just over halfway through the season um so we wanted to hand out our mid-season awards <clears throat> basically if the season ended right now who would we have winning these awards um so all the all the major awards that that will be there um i don't know if you if you thought about this one ryan but i also added in a clutch player of the year because that's apparently a a thing that they're doing um so i i kind of just made mine up i don't have any stats to to back that one up but we'll get there um but let's go ahead and jump in uh we're going to start with the rookie of the year award ryan who do you have as rookie of the year all right so my answer for this is the obvious one is uh if you went to go bet on these things right now like if you lived in a state where you could do that um this is the player who's most likely to win an award basically in the last several years and that is uh paolo bancaro but i do Mm. think i do think if we were projecting who we think will win awards by the season's end i would probably shift towards benedict matherin Mm. uh, because i I do think paolo's minutes are going to get kind of eaten into with uh, the rise of franz wagner that we're seeing and then the return of Jonathan Isaac, I think that, I mean, the Magic have been linked to a lot of trades. So I think Paolo is deserving right now, but I think that that gap will at least close and be a tighter race by the season's end. Yeah, Paolo is, um, I wrote down, he's he's averaging 21.2 points, 6.8 rebounds, 3.8 assists. Um, he, you know, if this were a, a down year with All-Stars, he could be in the All-Star conversation because of those numbers, you know, alone. Um but yeah, I think that not only with you know Franz kind of taking more of a leap, but also the the Magic they are not they're still on a on a tanking you know pathway, and so there there's a world where Orlando might you know maybe shut Paolo down a little bit not not completely, um, but to where that to the towards the end of the season you know they have their their big picture goals in mind, um, so that might 
hurt his case. But um, I think I think like he said, I think it'll still be a, a close race. But I also had Paolo. Um, it's it's a boring answer, but pretty pretty normal. Like you said, if you're gonna bet on it, you're gonna put his name down. All right. Oh yeah. Coach of the year, who you got? Coach of the year talked about it last pod, but uh, it's Jacques Vaughn for me. You know, stepped into the middle mm-hmm. of. I mean, just one to be able to like step into like the middle of a situation where you weren't the coach throughout the off season and you didn't design like what the what the schemes would be, what the game plans would be, and like all of a sudden you're thrown into this situation, replacing a guy just a couple weeks into the year, and then you're having to deal with all the stuff that the Nets have had going on. Um, it is something to keep an eye on that the Nets have been struggling a lot without KD. But they also lost. Uh, they lost Kevin Durant. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. not it's not something that you should just shrug at. Um, so yeah, that's that's my pick. Who do you have? Yeah, um, I, that, that's a good pick. Like like for the reasons you said, and, and I think that's also why Joe Mazzulla might be a good pick too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Celtics are number one in the East, and he was kind of in that same position where um, Udoka was released really close to the end of the season so or the, the beginning of the season so he had to step in there and they're obviously um killing killing the game right now but I actually went a different direction I have uh, Mike Brown in Sacramento um Ooh. as the coach of the year they're, they're third in the west right now which is completely absurd if you were to tell me that they were going to be third in the west um at the beginning of the season I wouldn't have believed you uh, they beat the Grizzlies last night who have you know the best defense in the league they're just overblowing all expectations um and so I think I think there's a lot to say about that uh, with Mike Brown. I think it's like similar to that that Tibbs year with New York, um, and you know they were what what did they end up with like the fourth or fifth seed in the East that year? Yeah, um, yeah, they were so, the fourth seed. Yeah, and, and and I think just the complete like shock that that even happened um, played a lot into that. So I've got Mike Brown for that Coach of the Year spot. Nice. That's good because, like, I do think with, with Coach of the Year, a lot of times it goes to guys who have good teams. Like, Joe is doing a great job, but, like, the Celtics made the finals last year. Yeah. Like, they, sh- yeah. they should be doing a good job, you know. The Nets have uh, a lot of great players. You know, they should be – I mean, despite everything against them, they should, you know, kind of be a top seed in the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Coach of the Year should generally go towards the guy who, like, took a team that was projected to be a low, low, low seed, and they have them, like, in the playoffs or something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next up we got most improved player. Who's your pick? I'm going with the man, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Mm. Um, he's averaging <laughs> he's averaging 31 points a game. He's playing some great defense. Uh, a lot of people get really excited about a lot of guys on the on the OKC Thunder. And uh, Zach, you can go ahead and just hit that <laughs> that 15 second button. Um, but <laughs> or maybe my wife hit it a couple times. Uh, but you know, like, you can get excited about a lot of guys. I mean, I hear a lot of stuff about Josh Giddy being great. Like, I'm a big fan of uh, the bigger Jalen Williams. You're a big fan of the smaller Jalen Williams. You know, Lou Dort is cool. Um, I've seen more Lou Dort jerseys than I've seen other uh, OKC Thunder jerseys in the last three weeks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, SGA – all in all is like the only player on that roster that like really gets me excited and to average 31 points a game. I know they're like not currently projected to be in the playoffs, but uh, he's been, he's been playing great. His defense has been awesome. Um, it came down for me and I hope I don't step on your pick here, but for me, it came down to him or Laurie Markinen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw a stat the other day that has entirely informed my opinion here. And that was that uh, Laurie Markinen has like, I think, 
like 85% of his uh, his points that he scored this year came off of assists. Um, and SGA is kind of doing it all by himself. And so that's the only reason I gave the edge to SGA. Yeah, well, my, my pick was Lowry. Um, and I think – you can go either way with this. Um, I think I think Lauer's the more the funner answer for me, just because you know when I look at just even just the numbers alone, he's averaging ten more points than he did last season. He's at twenty four point eight this year. Um, he's shooting fifty percent from the field and forty percent from three, almost nine rebounds per game. He's going to be an all star this year. Um, the only thing that you know would lead me away from Shea is more so of the fact that I think that he has been this guy. It's just the numbers have ticked up a little bit, um, but. I think he was this great. He's been this great. It's just a matter of more usage and more shots being taken. And um, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, like I said, either way you could go. Um, I think f- for me, it, it's a, it's obviously a soft spot with Lowry being um, a <laughs> former Chicago Bull. And you know, I was looking at his his stats over the years, and um, he his second his sophomore season with the Bulls, he was score, he was like eighteen point seven or something like that per, per game, which is you know pretty good mm-hmm. for a second year player off the bench. And so I think for both of these guys, it's been in them. Like I haven't ever doubted that either of them could be yeah. really great players, but um, they're both they're both having you know quote unquote breakout years, even though both of them are, are a little bit older. Like you know. I was I didn't I kind of forgot how long Lowry's been in the league he's he's basically he's would be considered a vet and same thing with Shea too like he's uh, five years in the league he got drafted same time as you know Luca and Trey so um, they're just finally kind of having these breakout seasons so really fun to Mm -hmm. watch them all right next up we have six man of the year all right six man of the year I am going with the one and only 16 points and seven assists off the bench and that's Russell Westbrook uh, those numbers are <laughs> numbers are a little bit skewed because he has started a lot of games but that's kind of how these six man of, of the year awards go like Jordan Clarkson and Lou will and uh, Jamal Crawford like all of like the perennial like guards off the bench who score a bunch of points it's like yeah, but they also started like 30 games or something at some point. So that's kind of why a lot of these guys have these inflated stats. But I don't know, man. Russ has been playing really well without uh, AD in the lineup. Uh, he's he's honestly been kind of the second option there for that Lakers team that has has been staying afloat more. You know, I'm not going to attribute this to Russ. definitely because of LeBron just kind of turning back the clock. But uh, Russ is the second option coming off the bench. has been kind of providing – uh, that scoring spark that they need with that second unit that we were just talking about with Rui Hachimura joining them. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And I just would, I would like to see Russ win this award. It'd be nice to, you know, look back at his career and see this. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's the wholesome answer, um, and the wholesome outcome for all the Russ lovers out there is, you know, with all the hate that he's received in these past couple of years, it's for him to, to secure that award. I had a, a kind of more boring pick. I had Malcolm Brogdon, um, mm. the other players out would be here if not for injuries happening on their team, therefore having them starting more as, uh, Jordan Poole and Tyler Hero, um, they, they would probably be at the top of this list, but their teams have had so many injuries that they've started more, I believe, than, um, they've been, they've been on the bench. So, um, Brogdon, however, is he's averaging 14, four and four off the bench for the number one team in the East, probably the best team in the league. So it's a, it's a boring but simple pick and, and I, I kind of look at Brogdon in this way like he is in the perfect situation for this to be the case for him 
So that is what might swing. It might even swing me a little bit more towards the Russ side um, because Malcolm Brogdon's in just a great situation on a great team, and there's not as much pressure on him to have a great performance off the bench. So uh, whereas, like you said, Russ is, you know, <laughs> it's it's LeBron and then Russ off the bench, and that's who's scoring right now. Um, and so he, he's got a little bit more of a, a little bit more pressure on him and, and also just the whole like proving himself after all the hate that he's received. So um, I can yeah. see it going either way. Yeah, that's great. Next up, let's go. Defensive player of the year. Who you got? The D-Poy. Man, D-Poy. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a guy that I'd kind of given up with. I got given up on just a little bit before this year had started. I, I was really kind of uh, disappointed over his last couple of years. A lot of injuries in the mix, but he's been healthy, and he's been balling out on defense, and that is Triple J, Jaron Jackson mm. Jr. Um, that's sort of a chalk pick right now. Uh, I have uh, an ulterior motive for why I'm picking him, though. Uh, I mean, I do have to mention he is he is second. Uh, no, he's sorry, he's uh yeah, he is second among big men in defensive rating. He has a 102 rating. Uh, the Grizzlies have the best defensive rating in the NBA right now, and uh, a lot of their guys are below average. So um, mm. a huge reason why they're so good is because of, of the way that he's anchoring that defense. Um, and they're also second in the West right now. So and that's that's clearly – that change in his game – has clearly led to a lot of success on their end. Yeah. And I think, you know, the running thing with uh, who I pick for these awards is that I kind of value guys who they don't just have changes in stats, but they have changes in stats that clearly affect their team's winning. And that's mm. what that's what Triple J's had going on. But also, the ringer, I don't know if you saw their top 100 players in the NBA list. Or if I haven't you saw me arguing. <laughs> or if you saw me arguing in uh, KOC's replies. But... <laughs> uh, <laughs> He ranked he ranked Brooke Lopez, Nick Claxton, and Jer Allen, who are basically three of the other top five defensive player of the year yeah. candidates right now. He ranked all three of them above Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, it's great that they play good defense, but you're going to look me in the eye and tell me you'd rather have Jarrett Allen on your team? Oh, my goodness. Nick I'm Claxton just, over Julius Randle, man. <laughs> it's so tough. Oh, man. Well, I, going off mine, um, mine is one of those guys that you mentioned. Um, I'm going with for the deep boy, Brooke Lopez, and this is mm. this is purely based off two things. Um, one of them is every game I watch of Brooke Lopez, I always look at him and think he looks too old and slow to move around, defend at a high level, um, which which in in a lot of the previous years he kind of has been. Uh, but every game that I've watched this season of the Bucks, he proves me wrong. He's all over the place. He's swatting drive-ins, and he's being an anchor for that defense. And obviously you have Drew Holiday and Giannis, who are great defenders in their own right. Um, but I think Brooke has uh, really, you know, he's kind of reestablished himself as a really uh, high-level defensive center. Um, and number two, and this is something that um, I heard KOC talk about her a lot. I've, this has been the, arg- the main argument I've seen against Sharon Jackson is that he's – he only plays 26 minutes a game, which is, mm. you know, significantly lower than a lot of those guys that you named, um, the Claxtons and uh, Bam Adebayo and, and uh, Brooke Lopez. So while I do agree that, you know, he is – he's definitely the anchor of that defense, the only other – and the only other really um, probably above average defender is Dylan Brooks. Um, there's something there's something there, like he, to, to only have played – 
um, just over half of the game is, is kind of crazy. Um, half of each game is kind of crazy. So, um, but you know, I wouldn't be mad if, if triple J won it, you know, he's, I've always been a fan of him. Um, and, and it's been cool just to see, you know, even after all the, all these early injuries, he's kind of finally coming into himself and, um, establishing himself as a really present, um, defensive presence in the league. So, all right, next we got the new one clutch player of the year. What are your thoughts on, on this new award? My thoughts are I have one guy that I want to pick. I'm sure it's very obvious. Um, there will probably be some campaigning around him winning this award this year because they talk about it during every Knicks game. Uh, and then there's the <laughs> sensible pick. I want to pick Jalen Brunson. He has the second He has the second most clutch points in the league this year, um, which I think like the totality of how many points he can score in those situations is great. Honestly, I don't remember what the qualifications are for like a clutch basket. I know it's like <laughs> with the game, like the game's close and it's towards the end of the game. Like, um, but for my clutch player of the year, the first ever one, I have to go with what the math says because in this sort of situation, you can you can be steered wrong by a couple of cool looking shots. But there's one guy who has who has the stats, and that's De'Aaron Fox. Let's go. Is that who you picked? That's who I picked. Yep. Oh come on! Did you know that he he's shooting sixty one and a half percent on shots at the end of games? I did not so, know that. I, that's I crazy. Was, I saw that earlier. Uh, he is number one on NBA. dot com's like clutch player of the year rankings because they like have that. Mm. <laughs> um, but you know he's shooting sixty one point five percent on shots at the end of the game. And I thought you know Jalen Brunson, you know is scoring the second most clutch points, but would you rather have someone who scores the most or somebody who is more likely to make it? And just the the fact that his shooting percentage goes up almost 20% when the game's on the line. I mean, that's the spirit of the yeah. award. That's yeah. what Jerry West or whoever it's named after would want. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I did not do any research when I made like my <laughs> mental pick for this, for this, but Literally, and I'm not lying, like, when I thought who would I pick as Clutch Player of the Year, I literally said, in my mind, Deer and Fox. And then I went and looked at, like, all the predictions and stuff, and I was like, whenever I saw that he was the top, you know, prediction for most of the um, the websites and whatnot, I was like, man, I've, I've, got, a, I've got a good basketball mind. But, yeah, so Deer and Fox, like, I just think of, like, I've watched – I've tried to watch as much beam, beam team as I can, um, and mm-hmm. I just – it's like I, I can just picture all of these moments of, you know, towards the end of games because the Kings aren't, you know, this – they're not going to blow every single team out every single game. So it's a lot of close games, um, a lot of moments where it is De'Aaron Fox having to make a clutch bucket, make a, a, a shot at the free throw line. Um, and so I think that he, he's, a, he's a, a really fun pick, and I think he would – it would be super awesome for someone from the Kings to win a, uh, an award like this, um, especially – in this in this season that's been so exciting for Sacramento um one thing I thought of you know when I was thinking about this award is like and and a lot of people had this conversation around whenever they announced that they were doing like the Eastern Conference uh finals MVP or whatever that award is um they started it last year um I feel like like 20 25 years from now this is going to be one of those awards where we'll be like oh wow you know let's take Darren Fox for example like Darren Fox has six or seven not six or seven he has like four or five clutch player of the year awards 
Um, but you know, this was this 2023 right now is the first year that we're, you know, we're taking this and anything that happens has happened before this, you know, we don't have that track. So maybe, you know, they talked about doing this for the Eastern conference, Western conference finals, MVP awards, but uh, maybe like retroactively giving, <laughs> giving players the awards. Cause I'm like, if I was Damian Lillard and they announced when I'm like, I'm like, 32 years old now they're, they're now they're doing a clutch player of the year award I would be mm -hmm. pretty mad because I've been you know I've been the, the clutch player of the year every single year of my career up until this point so um I think I just think it would be it would be you know maybe it might be cool to retroactively give these awards out that they're coming up with <laughs> I can I can see my kid now he'll be like dad do you remember do you remember deer and fox and all the clutch <laughs> baskets he had and I'll be like son you're talking about the Hakeem of the Hakeem of the fourth. <laughs> that's him. That's him. That's, that's it. I had to use that phrase. It just came to me, and I was just chuckling to myself. <laughs> you should write that one down. That should be a. If we ever make T-shirts, that that'll be a good. Uh, that'll be a good T-shirt idea. <laughs> All right. So rounding out our mid-season awards, we got the big one which honestly might be the most boring one. I don't know. It might not be. But it might be the most boring one out of all these, but um, the most valuable player MVP award, who do you have winning this midway through the season? Have the most boring possible pick. Um, <laughs> Keith, if you told me, or if I told you that, that Luka Doncic was averaging a triple-double and his team was the first in the West, I mean, <laughs> he would probably be deserving of, of an MVP award. Or if I told yeah. you that, that, that Giannis was averaging a triple-double and was first in the East, you know, you'd be like, okay, no I mean, no questions asked. He should he should be the MVP. So why shouldn't Nikola Jokic be the MVP this year? That's that's my question. That's a great question. His team I mean the the Nuggets are first in the East. He is he is having his best statistical season. Um it's just I don't know. I know it's super boring and nobody wants to like put him in Michael Jordan company, but like <laughs> it's currently to me is, is becoming a wider and wider gap between him and anybody else. Yeah. It's, it's tough because of the, the whole voter fatigue thing. And I think, mm -hmm. I think he's more than deserving of another MVP. Um, and I have no problem, you know, giving him, giving him that MVP, but it, it's the, it's tough how unlikely it probably is. Um, even though because in these past two years, I don't think the Nuggets have been anywhere in, near the top seed in the in the West. He's just been putting up these numbers, but now he's putting up numbers, and they have the best uh, record in the conference. So mm. um, he's definitely deserving. So there, there's no arguing that. Uh, mine was the more the more boring pick, I think, is is Luka Doncic, um, and you know he's averaging 33, 8.9, and 8.7 over the year not much else to say about him and and we've we've talked about him a lot he's dragging the Mavs to the fifth seed um there they have a record that's over 500 which is really saying something for this this roster um I, I think Christian Wood just just went out with injury recently so now mm -hmm. even more so he's that team is is really just running on the legs of Luka Doncic so um and I don't know if you saw this but there's a video going around of uh Jason Kidd at, at one of the Mavs practices shooting threes and he looked just like Jason Kidd shooting threes like when he was like 40 years old and just you know <laughs> not not hitting any of them it's just so it was just so funny um oh, but th that's the, that was the highlight of the Mavs past couple weeks for me um in watching them other than watching Luca drop you know <laughs> 40 points um on, on everybody but Luca 
This is one of those MV. If Luca does win this this year, win MVP this year, this would be one of those MVPs like, um, like the LeBron in Cleveland the first time around, where it's like, oh great, I got an MVP, but I got bounced in the first round by you know the Nuggets or, or yeah. you know, say the Kings. Like that would be that would just be wild. Um, so Luca's my pick, but I think that I think that he would rather, you know, he'd rather probably get to the. Western Conference Finals, then win this MVP, which um, the the former of the two doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a pretty safe pick. I mean, he definitely has the he has the opportunity in front of him. I just don't think that they have the wins there. I know that kind of summarizes everything you just said, but uh, you know, I mean, he he definitely. He could go out with his uh, by far second best player. They could make a trade. I mean, they've been active in a lot of trade markets. Um, I'm sure some former Nick will come available and they'll snatch him up, uh, as they do with all of them. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that that needs to be another podcast topic for another day. I have to talk about the Mav Knicks sometime. But uh, <laughs> Mavs Knicks beef. <laughs> uh, they just trade so much. It's like. Every every year is like both teams just have like half of the previous year's <laughs> other team. Um, but to answer the thing about the Nuggets, uh, they were sixth last season and then third the season before, which reminded me that two seasons ago the Jazz were first in the West with 52 wins. Mm. Yeah. So that's anything true. can happen. Yep. That's true. Well, those are our mid-season awards everybody let us know if you agree if you disagree if we missed out on any picks that um, you think that we should have put in there Um, but folks that's going to do it for our show today Uh, before we end I do want everyone to know this is a big development in the deep two world is that we now have a twitter Um, it doesn't have any tweets on it yet because there's been nothing really to tweet about from our end and we haven't really done anything with it, but we now have a Twitter. It's at deep two pod, same as our Instagram. So make sure you go follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and we would love to stay connected with you guys and hear from you, Ryan. It's been a great time talking hoops with you as always. And for everybody else, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Shout out to you, Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Deep2Pod. That's Deep, the number two, pod. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star rating so we can continue to bring the latest in the NBA and all of our mild to spicy takes. Catch you next time here at Deep2.